You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe. Six Seconds is a global nonprofit dedicated to growing emotional intelligence worldwide. Our work involves supporting individuals, teams, and organizations to develop and practice emotional intelligence to help increase personal and organizational effectiveness. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe, and you're very welcome to the Six Seconds Emotional Intelligence Podcast. Our guest today is Gwyneth Jones, an EQ coach based in Prague, but originally from Wales. We have three great moments of clarity that we discuss with Gwyneth. She talks about nature, she talks about a relationship, and she also talks about people-pleasing and how shaking that can change your life. Hello, Gwyneth. You're very welcome to the podcast. You're in a lovely city, aren't you? I am. Where are you now? Yes, I'm in Prague in the Czech Republic. Beautiful place, although I'm from Wales, actually, originally. And how long have you been in Prague? um, (laughs) It's been five years, give or take, and actually more because I lived here for two years in 2011 to 13. Then I came back to the UK for a while, but I moved here again at the end of 2016. Yeah. So it's been a long time now. Gwyneth, I'm intrigued by your first moment of clarity. It's about nature. Yeah, so that's a big thing that I do. Um, Oh, yeah, maybe I didn't say (laughs) what I do, but I'm an emotional intelligence coach. Uh, Also, I do nature connection and facilitation, something called the work that reconnects. So my real aim is just to help people reconnect more fully to themselves and to each other and to nature. And, you know... Nature, we are nature. So using that word is also a bit funny, but let's say, yeah, the first time I really realized the importance of that. Uh, So I grew up in a very rural area in North Wales. So I was really lucky to be surrounded by mountains and the sea and forests, you know, and just got to play outside all the time as a kid. So I took it for granted, basically, and I didn't realize how important that was until I moved to Manchester when I was 19 to go to university. And yeah, I just, you know, I just didn't feel good. And of course, I thought, well, it's the stress of starting university and being away from my uh, family for the first time and all of the new things, you know, all of the unknown. And of course, it was all of that as well. But there was just this moment when I came home to Wales a few weeks later and I was with my friend just going for a walk in this big field and I just had this huge moment of, oh, this is what's been missing. I've been trapped, you know, I've been trapped in this little room and there's just been a street, busy street with cars and buildings. I haven't had a moment where I'm free to be in an out an outside place. Um a place where I can sing at the top of my lungs and no one will hear me, you know, or just breathe clean air. And at that moment, it was a sort of big aha moment. But like most of those aha moments, then you think, oh, how could I possibly have not realized that, right, up until now, that being in nature was so important. And, yeah, I I would say you know, fast forward a few years when I started to think about what is it I really want to do with my, you know, my coaching and helping people. And that kind of 
came up again, you know, as a recurring thread. So I was doing my my master's in positive psychology and they're just talking about, oh, what's the big mystery of what makes people happy? You know, is it friends? Is it making lists of things that make us feel grateful? Is it, you know, all these exercises? Not one mention of being outside or being in nature or being connected to something greater than yourself. And of course, there is, when I looked into it, it turns out there's a whole field called eco-psychology, which is about our, you know, connection to nature and is about helping people really to rediscover that connection. But it's like those fields hadn't really spoken to each other. So I I brought that in as my topic, really, to look at, you know, are we happier when we spend time in nature and yeah, of course, the answer is yes. <laughs> There's tons of research supporting that. And I'm sure most people can say from their personal experience as well, right? Yeah. And you said that you brought that into your work. So is that what you call it? Nature connection or? I call it, yeah. I mean, I'd like to use the word eco-psychology as well now, but I'm still I'm still delving into what that really looks like. So I'm doing a a course at the moment on that and yeah yeah it's really there's a lot of different names going around so there's also deep ecology there's a lot of these movements you know just about getting people to slow down and reconnect to nature and I mean yeah actually six seconds has a little separate thought group I don't know what we call it where we talk about nature and emotional intelligence and you know, I think when we spend time in nature, we become a lot more aware of our emotions because, you know, it just invites us to slow down and connect to our body and maybe new emotions come up that don't come up when you're stuck in an office staring at a screen. So, yeah, that's the most, you know, there's a kind of scientific explanation for it that you can look at. And there's also, you know, the, the experience of it can feel very spiritual, right? So I think it's a really important thing, yeah, for these times. And, of course, um, yeah, you know, as we look at what we're doing to the planet, it's very a very important moment to realize the importance of these spaces. And, you know, the, the Greek philosophers, some of them um, used to do their classes while walking. So they'd walk around in nature while doing their classes because they said, while you're walking, it's the best time for thinking. Mm. So, you know, yeah. I'm a firm believer in that, I have to say. Yeah, definitely. I, I love to do that kind of coaching where we just go for a walk together in the park in nature because I think it really, yeah, it helps something come along, doesn't it? Uh, helps you think of new ideas, it helps the creativity and I think getting unstuck yeah, from rigid ways of thinking you might have if you're just sat in the same place all day. So your next um, moment of clarity is um, a personal one, isn't it? <laughs> <Or personal. laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was stuck <laughs> thinking, what were my moments of clarity in life, honestly? No. And I can't avoid yeah, um, I that know. there was one where I was married and you know, and I want to say this with like no disrespect to my ex-husband because I think he's a fantastic person, really, you know, and we, we got on really well. And I was very, for a long time, I was very much convinced like, yeah, you know, this is it for me. This is the person for me. And I think 
over a couple of years, maybe there was something gnawing in the back of my mind that was just not happy. But back then, this was before coaching, before emotional intelligence, you know, before any of that really, I was ignoring it because I I suppose I just didn't want to acknowledge that, right? Because once you've I don't know, you've you've committed to something like a marriage, you don't want to accept the possibility that maybe it's not serving you anymore or maybe you need to to do something about it and yeah, I think you know in retrospect um there were a lot of ways I could have played it much better and with more honesty and more emotional intelligence, but looking back I'd say there was just there was just a moment when suddenly it all became painfully clear to me like oh yeah I don't want to be in this anymore and it was just that moment where we kind of we'd had a big fight we'd broken up and I'd felt relief (laughs) and then later uh, when he came back with all the oh no it's okay let's make it work let's go to a couples counselor let's do all this it was just suddenly inside me there was this very clear "Mm, no you know it just it just felt like this big um resistance it was just like no I I was relieved actually I don't want to go back and and yeah I think that whole period of time I wasn't really in tune with myself very well the whole thing sort of passed as a strange blur and all of my actions and decisions for a few months were just alien to me and you know looking back on it now with this clarity I just see that well you know if we use the six seconds model I wasn't knowing myself like I was refusing to look at what was going on and what emotions I was feeling and I also wasn't choosing myself in terms of you know I wasn't taking steps that would would help um, whether with the communication or with making me happier and yeah and the why as well right I think I lost sight of the big picture I was just sort of going with oh well this is it now (laughs) you know this is my life now not really reminding myself that I was still very young and still could make different decisions yeah so it's a huge one (laughs) yeah and did you find that um when you were on your journey then with EQ that it helped you looking back at the situation to understand it and you know to feel more comfortable about it yeah definitely I think that's you know one of the things with EQ or any anything that builds more self-awareness is you can look back on your life and and you know one thing that might happen and you do that is you also feel shame right you're like oh god I can't believe I behaved in such a (laughs) an unconscious way um but you know I also try to practice that forgiveness on myself to go it's all right you know I know what I know now and I knew what I knew then and I can't change what happened but yeah, yeah. Looking back on it with that lens, it seems to make a lot more sense, right? And then, yeah, I think that's true for a lot of situations, really, where I've, you know, where I've acted in a way that was very, um, I just say unconscious, you know what I mean? Like on autopilot, when you're not really stopping to think, okay, like, why am I feeling like this? Or how am I feeling? And how do I want to? behave in this situation 
And do you think there's a possibility that that moment of clarity pushed you without even knowing it in the direction of learning about EQ? Is that possible? Maybe, yeah, because... You know, I'm I'm quite a big believer in some sort of destiny as well, or some sort mm. of, you know, part of us, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, will pull us in the direction it wants to go, right? So however you look at it, whether mystical or psychological, you know, I think some part of me pulled me in this direction. And, and then, yeah, later, I think just one year later, when I was looking through uh, ICF accredited coaching courses and I saw six seconds emotional intelligence coaching something in me went oh that sounds interesting you know it stood out as well you know all the other coaching things that came up seemed kind of dull to me sort <laughs> of business coaching and corporate coaching and I honestly don't really have a passion to help companies make more money <laughs> You know, I'm interested in making the world a better place. And um, yeah, so there are some organizations I'd like to help. But generally, yeah, something about emotional intelligence really pulled me forward, I'd say. Or helping people in those organizations. Do you know what I mean? It's the individuals helping them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because they're still, you know, they're still humans and (laughs) they might need... Uh, some help, whether that's to do their job or to make them realize they don't want to work at that corporation. And and of course, you know, there are there are some corporations doing great work. It's just a case of, yeah, I guess it's looking at what their motivation is and their why, right? And if their why is just to make money, then yeah, that's when I'm not so interested. (laughs) So your third uh, moment of clarity, I think a lot of people will relate to it. The idea of people pleasing. Mm, yes. Getting yes. over that. Yeah, yeah. So that was, again, it's an interesting one because growing up, I was told by my lovely family that I was very headstrong and manipulative and that if I wanted something, then I would get it. And I think that was true in my family, but somehow when I came out of that into the big wide world, something else came out, which was this, yeah, this fear, this anxiety to make sure nobody was ever angry with me, you know, and that could have developed uh, from watching that behavior in people in my own family, but also just maybe from some unpleasant situations where people did get angry with me, you know, there was a, I guess, a desire not to repeat that. And yeah, it's funny because it was during my EQAC, the first one I did actually, the assessor qualification. And um, yeah, I don't know. There was just a moment when actually Catherine just said something to me. She sort of asked me like, why did you do that? Why did you say that? And I knew that she, she'd sensed, that in me, that nervousness and that people pleasing. And she had <laughs> decided to call it out and put a spotlight on it, which, you know, that's part of training in EQ. You don't get away with not working on yourself as you become a coach or practitioner, right? And it's not like it was just that moment, but that was one of many little lights on this, you know, this anxiety I had. So it was just something like, overly apologizing for being late when there was no way I could have controlled it because of course it's the UK the trains were late right (laughs) and cancelled and then late and cancelled again and I had to take a taxi and 
all of that. And um, yeah, no, I think that behavior manifested itself a lot in my life. And it still does sometimes, of course. But I think over the last couple of years, I've really worked on, you know, being better at, at setting and recognizing my boundaries and learning when to say no to people and also learning just not to care as much about what people think. And that's, I think, one of the blessings of the pandemic for a lot of people is that they've just, you know, shaken off a lot of that worry about what people think. So, you know, I don't think me three, four years ago would have turned up to a podcast interview and just spoken and had like this thing behind me is clearly a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a, I thought it was a, well, see, yes, a poster, I, a painting. Got a, it's got a beautiful tapestry on it to make it look <laughs> nicer. But it is nice. alas, it's the spare mattress <laughs> because, you know, it, home office is, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Maybe that silver lining has come out of, of this. Yeah. Why is that though? What, what has made us become more liberated for want of a better word? Mm. I know. I've wondered that too. I think, you know, not going out and having to dress up nicely to be in a room, I think that's been liberating because, you know, I've not really put makeup on for a year, <laughs> a couple times. And, you know, I think sometimes it's nice to get dressed up, even if you're not going anywhere, just for the, the sake of not getting into a rut at home. But yeah, I think there was something about that. And then you know, people no longer had to go to all these events they didn't really want to go to in the first place. So, you know, I think people had an excuse finally to stay home when they wanted to. And yeah, maybe it's it's that. And maybe it's also the gravity of something like a global pandemic, right? Because it strips away all these little unimportant things that we were worrying about. And it's like, what is really, what is really important in this situation? So I hope that lasts and that it's not that we're going to end up going back to so-called normal. Yeah, I hope it's something that lasts. I like to call it 2020 vision, right? Because it was in 2020 where I think we were able to see clearly a lot of things and go, wow, what are we doing? Why are we doing these things? And also, um, maybe it was so dramatic and grave for me in a way, it made me go, what's important because we are only on this planet for a short period of time. Exactly. So yeah. putting things off um, like writing or doing a podcast or something like that going, yeah, well, why you should do it now because yeah. who knows what's around the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. That's it. And, you know, with the people pleasing also comes that perfectionism, right? It's this feeling of, Oh, who am I to put this out into the world unless it's completely perfect. But I think I just, I saw what other people were putting out into the world and I saw that a lot of, I don't know, really big name stuff, to be honest. I was like, okay, this is all right. It's not blowing my mind. And I think I could put something out too that would be equally good. And maybe that's, you know, considered to be quite braggy, I suppose, in our culture. And it's not to say that I can produce something amazing all by myself but it's more like well they have this team of hundreds of people putting on this podcast and I'm you know doing all this by myself and yeah I don't know I, I wouldn't say the disparity of quality is so striking anymore let's say because anyone can put content out there and 
a lot of people have things to share and things to say, right? So it's been like that equalizer in that way. And as you say, that EQ journey that made you that helped you realize that you know or even emotions you talk about name it to tame it so that you know people pleasing I don't what emotion you call that what would you call that yes you know I think it's linked to fear it's just fear of um fear Mm. of conflict fear of people being angry at you somehow um yeah it's linked to that kind of emotion it's liberating Mm -hmm. isn't it liberating then when you being able to 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 uh, not worry about that again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you know one of the realizations that came to me around it was just, um, well, I was swimming one day thinking about it, and the phrase "haters gonna hate" came into my head. You know, <laughs> which is like, yeah, people. If people have a problem with you, they're gonna have a problem with you almost no matter what you do. And that comes from them in many ways. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't be open to feedback, right, and growth. But there are always going to be those few people who will, you know, hate whatever you put out. Not you, but, you know, most people put out. And and if we live in fear of those few really negative comments, then, yeah, we'll never do anything. So we kind of, yeah, we can't let those people bully us right into silence yeah exactly i like that so a question that i ask everybody is if you close your eyes and take four deep breaths and think of your happy place where would that be and why well it's very easy for me i always end up back um in my village in wales and there's this hill that is in the center, kind of in the center of the village where I would always walk up. And from there, you can see the sea and you can see mountains all around you. It's just beautiful to be up there. And yeah, I'd always go there when I wanted that feeling of peace. And yeah, that's where I go in my head when people say, go to your happy place. And you're surrounded by nature there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all about the nature and that feeling of home, I suppose. I hope you enjoyed our guest this week. I would ask that you please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that a new episode will appear in your library every week. I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review so that others discover this podcast. For more information on emotional intelligence, and how Six Seconds Europe can help you, please go to sixseconds.org slash EU. Take care and see you next week. You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe.